we shall see. That's all we shall see the king when he comes. He's coming in glory. Hallelujah. There's been so many things on my heart, and I told Pastor Donnie yesterday and another pastor that came from a church in Morgantown yesterday. And uh, I said, I feel like God's been speaking so much. I've had a little clarity on where to go. And on Sundays, I said, there's just so many things that he's showing me. And uh, But anyway, this particular uh, word where I want to go today, believe it or not, it goes along the lines of, of, of where I wanted to get to last week and really didn't. We just sort of scratched the surface um, because of, of where I believe it will lead us to. And I, the only title that I could, I could really give this word uh, is, there was Jesus. There was Jesus. I know sometimes I get like a really clever title and you know, it's, it's a cliffhanger from the beginning or whatever. But, but this was just simple. Sort of, there was Jesus. It's simple, but yet profound. There was Jesus. Some of you may have even, after I titled it, I remembered a song uh, that's out, and, and uh, a Christian artist, and I think Dolly Parton even sings along with him, that says, there was Jesus, right? In the hurting, in the heartbreak, there was Jesus, right? And so I maybe keep that in the back of your mind if you want today as we get into this. There was Jesus. How many of you know that the name of Jesus still has power? It's, he still has power. Amen. See, I, I don't want you to get the idea that we're, we're not just here today to talk about what Jesus did then. Uh, it, it's important, and, and I don't want to minimize what Jesus has done and what we read through the Scripture, but I, but I, I don't want to just talk about what Jesus did then and, and, and all that he has done in the past, but I really believe that the, part of the purpose of this word is so that you and I can show this generation who Jesus is and what Jesus can do, and what he will do. See, he's not done yet. God's not done working just yet, but there's still a uh, work to be done. There's still a power to be accomplished. And so in order for you and I to, to, to show a generation, we, make, we need to be real sure that we're real clear on what Jesus has done, that we can look at a situation and hopefully even today, by the time that we're through, you'll be able to even look at your life and say, there was Jesus. That maybe you can look at a current circumstance right now and you can be able to look at it differently and say, there was Jesus. How many of you have ever had something happen and, and maybe you were praying and you were like, God, where are you? Amen. I was laying down in pain this week and I sort of was like that. I was like, God? I said, why now? I said, where are you? And then I, 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 I told pastor friend the other day, I said, then I got a revelation that it's something that I knew, but but it, it really helped. And 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 sometimes you and I forget that that he is present even now. And that his power is at work even now. Amen. Somehow you know that sometimes we we want the results of God to be immediate and, and, and many times they are, but not always. And then we think because of those results aren't immediate that somehow God overlooked us or God said no or whatever. But 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 
oftentimes we need to just operate in the peace of who he is, that, that he is the comfort. Or sometimes we're, when we're praying and we feel like God isn't hearing or he's overlooked us, we're like, God, where are you? And yet he is here even now. What did Jesus say that he, he said, I have to go so that another who is the comforter can come so that he can always be with you. Amen. And so there is help, and help is always with you. And so I, I don't want us just to focus on what Jesus has done, but I want you and I to focus on what he is doing right now, recognizing that he is still at work even now. That's why I said there a moment ago, we need to be able to show this generation who Jesus is, what Jesus can do, and what he will do. Hallelujah what he will do. Because I, I said in the very beginning, what there is power in the name of Jesus. I, I, know, I know that a lot of people don't talk about the power and it's not even really popular. It's actually considered almost old school now that we talk about the power of Jesus, but there is still power in the name of, Je in, in the name of Jesus. That, that, that because of the power that is in the name of Jesus, that we still have access to power even in a crisis. Even in a problem, that, there, that there's still power in the name of Jesus to heal the sick in his name. That there's, there's power through his name to cast out devils. That's what the word says, right? That there's, there's power even his name for salvation in the name of Jesus. No other way, no other name but the name of Jesus. Are you still hearing me? That even if you and I just but whisper the name of Jesus, there's power in that. It, it, you don't even have to shout it. Some people say, oh, I'm not a shadow. That's fine. Then whisper it. You know, but, but even if you whisper the name of Jesus, it's just as powerful as my shout because the name of Jesus has power. Hallelujah. And when you and I use it. And so I, I'm, I'm starting with this, these few quick reminders to, to help you understand that, that, that the name of Jesus, that he is still at work today. There's still a work being done. And I want you and I to be able to go through this morning and recognize that there have been times where he may have showed up and maybe you didn't recognize that it was him but that it was him at work and going forward in the future, you'll be able to recognize times where, where he is showing up in your midst. I want you to, to ponder just for a moment about the name of Jesus. I, I know typically when I bring a message, I start immediately with the text and then dive right in, but bear with me. It's going to be a little different delivery today. I want you to think about this even for a moment. I, I, I was pondering and thinking about how we just sort of throw the name of Jesus around without any power without recognizing the power. Think about how we often pray or when we hear people pray or, 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 or the way we'll, we'll just throw it around in the way that we talk. Amen. The way, even specifically when we pray, we'll just be praying about something and we're like, oh, in the name of Jesus, amen. And we use sort of the name of Jesus like a cute tagline because we've done it so much out of tradition, we forgot that when I end my prayer and I say, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, meaning, and so it shall be, right? And, and so in the name of Jesus, sealing that, sealing that up and acknowledging that who he is and that there is power in his name, I think we often pray and end our prayer in the name of Jesus, forgetting that there's still power in that name. When I use the name of Jesus, when I pray and I end my prayer in the name of Jesus, Jesus, the power that is in that name, that, 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 that every force of 
of opposition that has been coming against me, that everything I just prayed about, every demon maybe we bound up or, or, or prayed against, every problem and hindrance, that when I say in the name of Jesus that that name still possesses power, that mountains bow down at the mention of his name, amen, that sickness and disease will dry up at the mention of his name, amen, because there's still power in his name, there's still power in the blood, hallelujah, glory to God. People, I think we just often forget the power that is in the name of Jesus and the power that it possesses, the power that is in his blood. I've even heard some people say, oh, that, let me, let me, let me explain it this way. I, I've heard people say, oh, oh, the church, we just need to get back to a place of prayer. And, and we need to get back to a place of prayer. The church needs to pray for the, our, our nation and it will be saved. I, I, I want to say something just real quick about prayer. We're not going to teach on prayer today, but I, I want to just say real quick about it. Uh, that when people say all the church needs to do is pray for our nation and and it'll be saved. Uh, One thing I understand about prayer and one thing I also understand about the instructions of Jesus is that's false. We have to do more than just pray to see a nation saved. You and I could gather together and pray 24 hours a day and seven days a week for the next year and our nation will still go to hell because what Jesus said is he said that you and I have to go. So without going and only praying, nobody will get saved. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Unless you and I can pray that people will get a hunger, but unless you and I get a hunger to see people saved and brought to Jesus, nobody's going to get saved because they have to be able to hear the gospel. And what does the Bible say? How will they hear unless they how will they hear it unless you and I go? Amen. So it takes more than prayer, and there is power that's in the name of Jesus. But the only way for them to be able to hear the good news, the gospel good news is if the news is communicated. That requires that you and I go and you and I say something. Amen. I won't even get into that. I want to begin today, though, I begin in Genesis chapter 1. Because I said that, uh, I titled this today, There Was Jesus. I'm going to show you where Jesus was. I I can't hit every area. I started, I had a hard time trying to choose what what I would put into this message today and what I wouldn't. And it still might change as we go through it. But I'm going to show you from the very beginning that Jesus was present. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's many other instances I could show you. I've shown you that even uh, 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 he he was present even from the very foundations of the earth. And I've shown you scriptures in Revelation that prove and uh, there's been other instances at time. But this goes along with where I want to go today. So I want to I want to begin here today in Genesis chapter one. The Bible says, and we'll read a little bit of it here in a moment, just the first three verses of Genesis 1. But before we read that, I, I want to I re- remind you, the Bible says that the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. I've, I've thought about that many, many times. The Spirit of God was hovering. And, and as we read this, you'll see it. Uh, but it, and the Spirit of God was hovering, and he was waiting. Wasn't, he didn't do anything. The Spirit of God says he was hovering. And, and then I realized something that's profound about it, that, that, that the Spirit of God was just hovering and waiting. And he was waiting because nothing could happen until God spoke. I said nothing could happen until God spoke. That's why nothing, we don't see any action take place until God speaks. 
I believe, watch this, this is what I, I, this goes along a little bit with what I was saying just about us. It requires you and I to go into the, into the highways and the byways. It requires you and I to go into the world. I, I believe that the Spirit of God is hovering over this place. I believe that the Spirit of God is hovering over many places. I even believe that the Spirit of God, yes, is hovering over our nation right now and that he is desiring to do a work, but someone has to speak the word of God. Are you hearing me? Because if we understand the, the whole, all how God works now and the work of the Holy Spirit, then we know that there's power in what we say and that when you and I open our mouth, you and I will activate or move the hand of God. You and I activate for the, even the Spirit of God to begin to move in a situation. I believe that just like the Spirit of God was hovering in Genesis 1, waiting on God to speak, that the Spirit of God is hovering over places right now today, over situations and circumstances, waiting on you and I to speak. Can you say amen today? But someone has to speak. If you are standing amidst a circumstance that's not moving, maybe instead of praying about it, you need to speak to it. Speak the word of God. Amen. When I preach that word about mountain, be thou removed. Amen. Just the faith the size of a mustard seed. Say to this mountain, not pray. Speak to the mountain. Mountain, be thou removed. You and I need to be able to have that ability. So sometimes I believe some of the things that we are facing that aren't moving, that nothing's budging, it requires you and I to speak the word of God over it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, Genesis chapter 1. You know this well, but we'll look at it anyway. Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Now look at that. Their darkness was over the face of the deep. Here's what I just told you. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It was just hovering there. Just sort of hovering. Just, just like sort of the Spirit of God hovers in this place until we, we really uh, speak a word or we really tap into his presence and then he'll go to work and he'll accomplish something and do something. The Spirit of God is hovering. Amen. Just like I was, I was laying down in, in, in great pain this week and I thought, when, I, when I shared that earlier and finally it wasn't until I got revelation and I, I just said, God, why now? I said, God, I just testified to a brother about how good my back has been and and I said, why now? Why, why in the midst of this? Why, why, why is it you use my hands to heal everybody else, but I, I'm right now in need of healing? I said, God, where are you? He said, I'm here. I've never left you. And it's immediately when I remembered and realized that, that he, was, he is and was and was still with me, the peace of God, and I finally fell asleep about 5 a.m. that morning. Finally, it was just like the pain didn't matter anymore because there was a peace realizing you're, you're not alone. You, you may be in this right now, but, but don't, don't allow this to identify you, right? Because I need to realize that his, his spirit was hovering. I just sometimes needed to just activate what he was present there to do. How many know the comforter was sent to do some things? Amen. Sometimes you and I need to give him something to do. Thank you, Jesus. It says, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Watch this in verse three. And God said, what did he do? Uh-huh. He said, what, he spoke. Let there be light. And there was light. Uh-oh. 
Now, there's something about this text that I bet many people never really realized about the word of God. Look here in verse three, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Light shows up in verse three, but the sun isn't created until the fourth day. Isn't that right? Where did that light come from? Where did it come from? I mean, you know, if we were in Bible college setting, I would draw this thing out all day long for you, but we can't today uh, for the sake of time. It says, but the, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, yet the sun, read on, was created on the fourth day. Hallelujah. So it was not the sun. Notice there was light before the sun was created. Hallelujah. Light before the sun was created. Now, let, let me take you on a, on a brief journey. I, 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 I can't get hung up here because we won't get anywhere else. But, but even the Bible declares that, but that, that Jesus was, was the light before there was any sun. We, we know that the Bible says that Jesus is is the light of the world. Amen. Jesus was that light in, 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 in verse 3. Jesus was that light before there was sun. Why? Because John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the word, right? Jesus was the word made flesh. I don't have time to get into uh, the difference between Logos and Rhema and then bringing that together to the written word, amen, the living word and, 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 and him being the word made flesh. But I want you to understand that, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, that it's tracing him back, clear back to the book of Genesis, that he was present, that when it says, and God said, let there be light and there was light, it's, it's identifying right there even from the beginning that, that, there is, that the Messiah is coming, Jesus is coming, who will be, who is the light of the world that his light will provide truth amen that, that's what it's referring to there, there's truth that that jesus will bring to the world amen jesus was the word of god made flesh amen and there are glimpses of jesus all through the old testament we don't see him show up until the old, the new testament but there are glimpses of him all through the old testament i could give you 10 12 15 of them probably but i think i'm gonna settle on just one perhaps today before we move on to the other parts of this word today because I, 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 I because I, it's profound and I, and I want to show it to you and bring it back to your memory I, because I want to try to show you and prove to you today that God has always been present, that he has always been with you and I, and that God is for you, even from the beginning. In the beginning of creation, God was always for you and I. Even as the word says he is for you, he is not against you. It, it, right? If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. In, in the beginning of creation, he was there. Amen. Even now, in, in trouble, he is there. Amen. And, and even in pain, he is there. In our debt, he is there. Hallelujah. In our heartache, he is there. In our uncertainty, he is there. Jesus said, what he, he said to his disciples, I will never leave you, nor I will never forsake you. He's there. He's there. And I want you and I to be able to look at life, even the times when we think we're alone or times when we wonder how we got through things, we should be able to look at it and say, there was Jesus. There was Jesus. Amen. Even today, there should be times where you're going to be able to recognize there he was. He showed up today in my life. Glory to God. Uh, 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 if you and I would look into the book of Daniel, Chapter 3, there, there, this is an example I'll give you today of Jesus showing up. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3. 
praise you, Father. I don't even know that I'm going to uh, necessarily read all this because um, it's so familiar. Daniel chapter 3, but it's such an exciting text. So maybe we will. Oh, hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3. Oh, yes. And I think we'll begin in verse 10. Oh, yeah, it's just too exciting. We're going to read it. I was going to try to skip through it, but watch this. Daniel chapter 3, verse 10. I'm going to start sort of midway in the text. And it says in verse 10, you, O king have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psalmistry, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. <laughs> Verse 12, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Mm. But then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Verse 15. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and psalmistry, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and you worship the image which I have made good, but if you do not worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> oh, you silly, silly man. That's sort of what they're saying. Are you crazy? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, you just wait and see. We have, look what they say, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We have no need to even respond to what you're saying because you are so clueless, basically. Verse 17, he says, if that is the case, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and in the expression of his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke the commanded, and they... And, and they heated the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He was so mad, he made it even hotter. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were, who, who were in his army to bind Shadrach. Watch that, bind them. 
and then cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, it was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men. Oh my God who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just look at it. That flame was so hot, it killed the men that threw them in. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Oh, but verse 24. Oh, verse 24. Thank you, Lord. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, oh, yeah, to those around him, to his cabinet. He, he, he said, he, he spoke to them, saying, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said, oh, king, true, we did. He said in verse 25, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form look look at this look at this he said i see four men walking in the midst of the fire and they are not they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of god he said the form of the fourth was like that of the son of god this man who didn't even believe in our God is recognizing he is like the son of God. Look at this, verse 26. I just got to read a little bit more because it's so good. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. Then they came from the midst of the fire and, and the satraps and administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not even on them. My God, my God, my God. The smell of fire was not even on them. Are you reading what I'm reading? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. These men, the, 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 the text we just said, it said these three men, they, they refused to obey in a way that would contradict their faith and what they believed. They, they were trusting God beyond all else. I, I'm going somewhere, so hang with me. I, I, I'm telling you, if you and I would obey God beyond all doubt and beyond all restriction in our lives, how, how we would so see the, the, the hand of God show up in our lives. Do you realize the kind of uh, dynamic faith we have to have, the kind of uh, audacious faith you and I have to have in God to be able to go through a situation like this in Daniel 3, that we would stand up for what we know and who we believe to be God and, and only worship the one true living God that we serve, amen. They refuse to worship anything else but our mighty God and Savior, amen. They refuse to because they refused, they were willing to 
pay the price, but they, they knew that, that God would be their deliverer. They, they even said that, that God will deliver, but then they go on and say, even if he does not, we, we're still not going to worship your, 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 your golden calf. We're still not going to worship and do what you've called us to do. And so, but, and so they worship God. They, they, they stayed faithful. They obeyed beyond all doubt, beyond all God, uh, beyond all other things. How God would show up for you and I if you and I could just operate in a realm like that where we could just go for God, trust God beyond all doubt, that we don't have to believe necessarily what's right in front of us, that we don't have to cave based on circumstances or situations, or I don't have to come up with a plan B even though I'm doing without right now, but that I'm going to trust and hold on and believe God. And the Bible says that they were thrown in and they were bound when they were thrown into that furnace and to a furnace that was seven times hotter. My God, seven times hotter than normal. Hallelujah. And then that king recognizes, I, I just want to touch on this a moment. That king recognizes, he says, did we not throw three men in the fire? He says, but I see a fourth man loose. He said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Think about that for a moment. Not only were they in the fire, we're not to the point where they're, they're, they're not singed, they're, they're not burnt, but he said they went in bound and now they're not bound anymore, but not only are they not bound anymore, there is a fourth man in the fire accompanying the three that got thrown in the fire, amen, that they were not hurt. And he says, and the fourth is that of like the son of God and how astonished they were, how, how astonished they were, how, how shocked and how surprised they were uh, 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 at seeing a fourth man in the fire. And he says, and it, and it, and it has the, the looks of that of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Do you understand that, that it would have been easy for them to get consumed by what they were in the midst of in that moment? How often you and I get consumed by what is wrong and by what is happening in our lives? Anybody else just ever get consumed Anybody else ever just get even confused and, and, and your life gets chaotic by everything else that's going on or on around you and I? These three men could have gotten consumed in that moment. They could have gotten consumed with fear because knowing that the God that they serve, oh, God, he'll understand. Oh, oh God, you're going to understand if we would bow down and worship this, this other God, this other thing, right? They didn't bow under pressure. They didn't cave. They didn't allow themselves to be consumed by, by fear or anything else. Amen. There, there was a, 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 a Corey Ten Boom made a statement, and I and I love it. I still love it to this day. She said, "Look around and be distressed. Look around and be distressed. Look within and be depressed. But look at Jesus and be at rest." Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to say it again. Look around and be distressed. Look within and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. See, it would be really easy for them to look around and be distressed or look within themselves and get depressed and almost consider and have the belief that there is no way out, that there is no other way for this thing to turn out. But it is when you and I look within, don't just look within or look, or, or look around so that we're depressed or, or so that we're uh, distressed, but it's when you and I look at Jesus. I believe that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to go did they had their eyes set on 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 God and God alone and so it allowed them to encounter this circumstance and be at rest I mean look at how calm they are in the midst of these this text they're, they're so calm they were just sort of like oh Nebuchadnezzar silly you 
They were able to have that kind of rest because they weren't looking within themselves. They weren't looking around at what was going on. They weren't, they weren't focused on the fire they were about to be thrown into. Instead, they knew who God was beyond and above the fire. They understood that their God was a God of fire. And, and that he's a God that w- res- responds in fire. How many of you know we've seen that show up in 1 Kings? That he's a God of fire. And even with Elijah, he, he'll show up as a God of fire. And, and how the fire came down and consumed everything, the rocks and the water. It licked it all up because our God is a God of fire. Even Hebrews says, for our God is a consuming fire. I believe the, these three men had an understanding. Their eyes were fixated upon who God was. They had an understanding of who God was well beyond their circumstance well beyond they, they weren't focused on what was wrong what what their what their soon-to-be future was going to possess they didn't allow it to intimidate them or, or ruin them or harm them in any or in any way so you and i if we look around we'll be distressed if you and i look within we'll be depressed but if you look at jesus you and i will be at rest amen, amen. hallelujah See, they didn't allow themselves to get worried and gripped with fear. I've learned something about worry. Worry uh, does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Haven't you ever noticed that worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow? It empties today of its strength. That's why you don't see them worrying in the text. They, they weren't worried because they weren't going to give up an ounce of their strength. How many times have you and I lost strength worrying how something's going to work out? These three Hebrew boys, they were able to sit back and know and believe and trust in who God is that they said, and even if, if we do go in, but God. We're going to trust God no matter what. We're going to trust God no matter if you throw us in. You can heat it up seven times hotter, 10 times hotter, 14 times hotter, because they knew who God is. Do you know who God is? Do you know that Jesus will show up for you when you need him to show up? How many of you can trust for Jesus to show up in the midst of your life when you need him to show up in your life? I know that he'll show up. Amen. I know that he will, because I'm not going to worry about how the outcome and how it's going to come come to pass past because worry is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. I'm telling you, I've got enough things going on without worrying on top of it. There's enough things always trying to deplete your and I's strength that you don't need to worry on top of it because worry is is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. That's carrying two loads at once, my friend. You don't need to do that. You you don't have any need to worry. You need to know who God is and that there was Jesus. Because I'm telling you, you you, you can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. These men were in a situation where they only could trust in God. There was no way out. If you've ever been in a situation where you were outnumbered, Amen. I, I know all of us have always been godly people and probably none of us have ever gotten in a fight or any things like that. You probably never greased up with Vaseline and razor blades or any of those things. I know because uh, we're all godly people. And some of you are like, what, you, what are you even talking about? Well, just that's because, you know, some of us weren't as perfect as you. But, but I know what it is. If you, when you get, I'm, I'm, I can be mouthy, believe it, Sister Ramona. And I, my mouth has gotten me into trouble a time or two. 
It still does sometimes in a public place or rude people, things like that. I, I, I just call people out about their rudeness, their nastiness, you know, whatever. You know, the Walmart cutting me off or whatever or ramming me with their cart. I'll never forget the lady that came down in her motorized thing and literally ran right into me. I was the only person in the aisle and, and didn't even say, I'm sorry. Oh, it was only the grace of God that held me back by the collar of my shirt because I was going to grab a hold of her. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And not in the name of Jesus. I wanted to take that whole cart and upend it and throw her out of it because it hurt tore up the whole back of my leg and my foot and she didn't even as much as say I'm sorry but there are times where our mouth can get us in trouble where we could be outnumbered amen and some of us may have been in situations like that. Here, these three men were outnumbered. There, there was nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. They only had a choice but to trust in God. That, that's what I'm saying, that there can, there, there can never, uh, you and I can never learn that Christ is all you and I need until Christ is all you have. Maybe some of the circumstances that you and I are enduring right now is God wanting you and I to trust in him above all else. Realizing that God does not want you and I to put our faith and trust in our bank account or our health or any of those things. Some of the greatest battles I've ever come up against was me coming to the understanding and putting my total trust in him, realizing that he is all I have. And when God knows that he has my undivided attention and my undivided trust, boom. Things will change. Circumstances will happen. A miracle will show up. And I, we, it, but it is when God knows that I have the understanding and the full belief without doubt that he is all that I have and he is all I need, that I don't have to have a million dollars in the bank to, to feel secure, right? That I don't have to, right? That sometimes trouble will come and, and people will get mad at God for it. No, God is trying to get you to the understanding and realizing that he is all you need. Stop finding refuge and peace. Look at the things. We, we lose our peace because uh, uh you know over financial stuff i used to i used to always lose my peace finances used to be one of the greatest things even lois can tell you i don't worry over church money ever one because it's not my job to worry about it that's her job right to figure it out right but 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 beyond that i i, I gave up worrying over church money my money all those things because i realized something that he is that my money is not success money is 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 not the end all be all and realizing that that jesus is the resource he is the answer are you hearing me and so whether it's health or whether it's finances or or or, or any of those things that it is christ is all you and i have and if you and i can get that understanding and that total trust. That's why Proverbs, when he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In other words, don't trust in your checkbook. Don't trust in my car. Don't trust in, in my health. And then there's trust in the Lord with all your heart. In other words, he said, your car can break down. Your, your checking account can go away. I, I had, I've had the bank make a few mistakes a time or two. Sometimes I've made some too. I, I, I've, I've been uh, identity theft a few times. They snapped in there a few weeks ago, and I just thought, Dad, go on. And so I had to get another account again. And, and so they'll do those things. And, 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 and yet when the Lord, the word of God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, he's saying, Adam, I need you to trust in me. Don't trust in that bank account. It could be here today and gone tomorrow. Don't, don't trust in your health. Your health can be good today in it, but it will fail you. I want you to trust me. That's why we breathe over that scripture in Proverbs. But when he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, stop trusting in the things that are temporal. He is eternal. He is steadfast. He is immovable. The one thing I know, hey, our bank balance will go up and down, but he will always be the same. 
Amen. That, that my health will, will be up and down, but he is my healer and he will always be the same. You can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. Would somebody shout with me today? There was Jesus. See, there was Jesus in the midst of the fiery furnace, the fourth man in the fire, showing up before his time. Even King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar recognized her, this must be the, the son of God. Jesus showing up, even before his time. Jesus showing up in the midst of the fire. See, he is showing up in the midst of our lives, in the midst of our, our, our circumstances many, many, many times. Hallelujah. I, I, I want to fast forward if I can. Good Lord. I want to fast forward if I can, even into the New Testament. I, I was going to give you two more probably in the Old, but I want to skip through it. There, there's one that ministers to me so greatly in the New Testament, that Jesus, when he ministers to the woman at the well. Now, I just preached out of that text, so I'm not going to read it, if you recall, a few weeks ago when I said that when we preach the message that you have to have something to draw with. Mm. And how we often come into the presence of God with nothing to draw with. Oh, God. And so I, I, I'm not going to read it for the sake of us just touching on it, but I, I, wanna, I do want to mention it today as, as there was Jesus showing up again jesus shows up in this familiar text ministering to the woman at the well first of all before he even shows up he tells the disciples i needs must go in other words it's essential that i go we're going to take a little bit of a detour on our journey i need to go because Jesus knows there's someone there that I've got to minister to. There's someone that needs me. I, in other words, it, 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 and maybe we'll get into some of the reasons why it wouldn't have been appropriate for him to go there. But, but in other words, Jesus is saying, I have to cross, cross boundaries. I have to go beyond borders. I, I have to defy even what is politically correct to, to go help someone that I know that is in need to go minister the word to them. And so the Bible helps us to understand when we read about the woman at the well that Jesus goes out of the way to reach this ostracized and hurting and broken woman oh yes yeah, see she was ostracized broken and a hurting woman she she i i know that jesus he, he was completely aware if we would take the time to read the fullness of the text jesus was aware of what was said about the samaritan people that, that they were that they were unclean that they were an idolatrous people that that they had many many failures and yet knowing who the Samaritan people are and to ministering to this Samaritan woman he he says to his disciples I needs must go I, I know what they say about them I know that people like us aren't even supposed to communicate or have anything to do with them but but I need to go I, I have to go this and, and 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 even further if we would understand about the Samaritans the, the Bible helps us to understand really that the Samaritans were confused people they were they were caught up in all kind of stuff and so you can see confusion in their midst because when this doesn't work they'll try that and when that didn't work they would try this and so there, there was a confused uh, co- confusion amidst them and, and and they had all kinds of ideas and they had even all various theologies and whatnot and so and Jesus knowing all of that says I need to go this is where I need to go haven't you ever noticed something about uh, sometimes church people, unless you've been to a perfect church, but I notice something about church people and, and what they do. And, and when, when, when church people think that you and I, if we ever get in a state of confusion, if, if anyone in here has ever been confused like I have a time or two, I, I've learned two things church people will do when you and I get 
in a, in a place of confusion. They'll either attack you or alienate you. Oh, yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Church people, you know, those of us who aren't supposed to do those things, they'll either attack you or alienate because they'll attack you because apparently you don't have the mind of Christ because suddenly you got confused. Sometimes you and I just get in a place of confusion. We just don't know what to do. Sometimes it is an attack of the enemy. Sometimes it's because we're just in a difficult, dry place. There are many reasons. But I want to tell you, sometimes as church people, they'll either attack you or, 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 they, or they simply alienate you and I. But I'm so glad that, that in the midst of her confusion, that you and I serve a God who does not attack us or alienate us. I'm so glad that, that we serve a God that goes out of his way for people who everyone else would be rejecting. Aren't, aren't you glad? I mean, I see that in the text that we serve a God, that Jesus went out of his way to go reach a woman who was confused while other people around him would have just rejected her and ostracized her and alienated her, that we serve a God. You need to recognize that's about this text. It's often overlooked when we preach about the woman at the well, that Jesus went out of his way, traveled out of, uh, uh, of his way to get to someone who others were rejecting, who others were ostracizing, who others were neglecting who, who and to cross boundaries and to minister to a woman who he never should have had anything to do with it was not politically correct or expedient for him to do it let alone the fact that she was a woman who had no power or authority for him to be able to bring the word to bring any real change to the Samaritan people but he chose her anyway oh hallelujah the text says, though, it, 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 go back and read it this week, if you would. Use it as part of your Bible study. The text says that Jesus got to the well and that Jesus was waiting on the woman. Haven't you ever noticed that before in this text? It wasn't that Jesus showed up when the woman was there. Jesus got to the well and was waiting on the woman. I'm also glad. I'm not just glad that he's, we serve a God that will go out of his way to get to you and I. How many of you know that God's maybe had to go really far out of his way to come rescue some of us from our mess that we may have been in? But I, I'm, so I'm glad that we serve a God that will go out of our way, but I am really glad that you and I serve a God that is willing to wait for you and I, to, for him to be able to reach us, that he will show up and just wait on us. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus showed up and sat down on the well and waited for the woman to show up hallelujah he knew who he was looking for and he recognized she wasn't there how many know that sometimes it, the, the only way that God was able to rescue you and I is because he was patient and because he had waited on you and I I must be preaching only myself today. Hallelujah. God had to do some waiting for me to be able to get my mind right, to be able to get to the place where I said, okay, God, I surrender. Enough of that. All right, God, fine. I'll have it your way, not my way. Amen. And so it, 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 he, he was a patient God. You and I are impatient, but he is patient. See, we get all impatient trying to get God to move and wanting God to move on our time. But we serve a God that is patient. Look at that. Jesus showed up, arrived at the well, and it says she, he waited on the woman to show up. Thank you, God, that you're a God that you'll wait on me to get, uh, uh, get, get from in front of myself and get myself in order for me to show up for you to, to reach me where I need to be reached. Hallelujah. And, and then the text goes on. Go back and read it. Go back and read it because I'm running out of time. The text goes on and the Bible says that the woman arrives. And she, if you read it, you'll hear the attitude. The woman arrives and she sort of has an attitude with Jesus. Jesus. 
She has an attitude because people who, this is why she has an attitude, because people who are used to being hurt all the time often have an attitude. Haven't you ever wondered and thought, what is wrong with them? Just, you can't understand people. Why are they always meaner than a junkyard dog, right? Why, why do they always have that nasty looking face on them, you know? We, we, back when we were, I was growing up in church at Dr. House Church, uh, he got so tired of just Christians and their frowny, nasty looking faces. And, and sometimes he would like leave the platform and come back and be like, you know, smile or you know, put your hands in the air. I mean, if the people didn't worship, he would leave the platform, come back and put your hands in the air for you. And I'm, this is no joke, is it, Mom? And I mean, you know, he was one of those, but he, nothing made him matter than Christians that looked like they didn't have the joy of the Lord. So finally, he launched a campaign, and these little buttons we wore were big smiley faces, like the smiley face eating park cookies. And it says, smile a while and give your face a rest. Smile a while and give your face. Maybe we need to do that here. Smile a while and give your face. How many of you know that you can go out to eat after church and you see some of the nastiest, meanest people all dressed up, just came from church, and they're, they're horrible. Back in the day when I grew up, I had to work Midtown Foodland, and I was a bag boy and a cashier and everything else down there at that store, and I hated having to work Sundays because the meanest people all week showed up. Church people. Don't mash my bread. It was yelling at us, screaming at us. Hey, do you do anything wrong? Help me out to my car. And I mean terrible. They were all dressed up and dresses to their ankles and their hair completely up and didn't cut nothing, didn't polish nothing, not an ankle jewelry on it, but they were mean and they were nasty and they didn't like us and they weren't exuding the joy of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They looked like someone just peed in their cornflake. They didn't look like they just come from the house of God at all. And so sometimes you and I need to smile and give our face a rest. Sometimes you and I need to be be able to smile and celebrate and have the joy of the Lord and recognize that it is our strength that we serve a God that he'll go out of his way for you and I but we also serve a God that is willing to wait for you and I I'm telling you that we serve a God that he's been waiting on the church for quite a while he's just been sitting at the well waiting on the church are you going to be done doing this your way so I can show you how, how we're really going to do this amen notice that he he was the well sitting on the well I don't have time to get into that. He is the well, sitting on the well, waiting for this woman to teach her about how to drink from the well. And, and not that well, but hit the well that he brought. Oh, hallelujah. Because we serve a God that is patient, and we serve a God that will go out of his way. That's the God that I love and I appreciate. Hallelujah. Say, there was Jesus. Hallelujah. And so she kind of got like a little bit of an attitude Oh, hallelujah with Jesus. She got a little bit of an attitude. And the reason she had an attitude is because she's used to being hurt. And, and people who are used to being hurt often have an attitude, often kind of have a chip on their shoulder. And so she, she basically says to Jesus, you know your people and my people. We're not supposed to mix. You know we're not to be here together. And Jesus just responds with the word. Jesus is there trying to rescue the woman, trying to, to, trying to really save the woman. If you have ever had someone uh, or if, any, if anyone in here has ever tried to save a drowning person or if you've ever been in water and someone kind of started going over and they'll grab a hold of you, they'll kill you trying to save themselves. That's the same thing about a nasty person with an attitude. They'll tear you down trying to save themselves, but you need to be able to recognize that Jesus didn't respond to her nastiness with nastiness. He responded with the word. 
See, the reason why some of you don't make any headway with our relationships or husbands and wives is because sometimes we're responding to their pain and not with the word of God. There's a life lesson in there for you. Oh, hallelujah. How many know when someone has a chip on their shoulder and they say something smart to you, what do we do? We smart back right back at them. Yes, we do. I know nobody in this place ever does that. I know we never do. I, in the office, we'll be doing stuff or whatever, and Lois will get on my nerves, or maybe Cynthia, or maybe Mom, or maybe Pastor Donnie, and someone will just say one thing, and it just like, and I'll bite right back, and I don't bring the word of God. Do you know what I'm saying? That There's no fruit in that. God is trying to give you a life lesson, a relationship lesson right there. He's saying you don't have to bite back at people that bite at you. Jesus gave him the word. He gave him the word of life. Because he, he said, I, I, I went way out of my way to get here. And I even sat here and waited on you. I, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm going to give you the word of life. I'm trying to tell you about a, a, a drink that you can have that you'll never thirst again. See, that's what he's doing. He, he's giving her just the word. Hallelujah. Uh, so thank God that he's a God that will wait on us. He's a God that will go out of our way because there was Jesus. Are you recognizing that the same Jesus that showed up in creation and when God said, let there be light, and there was light, mm, there was Jesus. Then then he shows up in the fiery furnace with the with the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was Jesus. And now we see Jesus in the flesh in the New Testament showing up for the woman of the issue of blood. Not only does he show up, but he goes out of his way. He waits on her, and he doesn't even respond in the midst of her nastiness because that's Jesus. There are so many examples of the Jesus that I'm talking about and how we need to serve him, how we need to honor him. Blind Bartimaeus is a great example that when everyone else is trying to shush and, and, and shut uh, uh, him up as he's calling out and calling out and calling out. No, no, Jesus decides, hey, I, I'm going to deal with this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That he's not moved by other people's opinions or, or, or other people's thoughts of what he needs to do, but that he is moved by the desperation on how you and I call out to him. Another example I, I thought about going into was the when, when, when Jesus goes to bring deliverance to the man filled with legions of demons. And I thought, oh, God, I mean, how powerful. There was Jesus showing up to be able to bring deliverance to a man. There was Jesus. I, I'm getting to a point, I promise. There was Jesus. Uh, of course, there was Jesus when he goes to the cross and, 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 and dies for you and I. Amen. And he prepares his disciples. Of course, the greatest message that we could ever give about Jesus is that when he goes to the cross and it was his death, his burial, and his resurrection for you and I, that we might find salvation in the midst of him. There was Jesus. Obviously, there was Jesus. And we can't forget that, that there was Jesus. We can't forget that that was the important message uh, for, for you and I, a message of salvation, a message of healing, a message of deliverance. Because Jesus, uh, we need to recognize in the word of God that Jesus had power that Jesus is power and that Jesus will have power still today. The reason why I titled this today is there was Jesus is because I want you to recognize that, that, that Jesus had power. Jesus is power and, and there is power in his name still today. Even as I say the name of Jesus, there's power in it, that there's still power in the blood of Jesus. I remember we used to sing the song, the blood will never lose its power. I said the blood will never lose its power. Go ahead. It will never lose its power. The, the blood, it's the blood of Jesus that brings forgiveness. It's the blood of Jesus that brings healing. It's the blood of Jesus that sets me free. It's the blood that never loses its power. See, we often want the power of God, but we want it on our terms. You ever notice that? We want the power of God, but we want it on our terms. Hallelujah. 
but there was Jesus. That's what Jesus was trying to say to the woman. Well, I have a, 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 a water that you will never thirst again. And she comes off with, you know, a couple of smart remarks. And he, he, he's trying to help her to see, hey, if you want this, you need to hear what I'm saying. And, and you need, if, you, if you really want this, you can't just want it on your term. You can't just take a drink of this and then try to go back and do what you used to do. He said, no, when you drink this, you will never thirst again. You're, you're never going to want to go back to what you used to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, you can't just want this. Oftentimes we want the power of God. We want Jesus to show up in our life, but we want him to show up on our terms. Uh, we, we, I've seen, we've been in services where people said, I've come just to, to, just to get a touch of the anointing of God. And they'll, they'll come, they'll get the power and fire of God, and they'll shake, rattle, and roll around all on the floor and get up and leave. Amen. But, but, the, the, but, the, but then nothing else really changes. It's just a temporary thing. Because the real power and fire of God comes for something more. It's when the fire of God falls, it's not just to drop you and I to the floor. It's not just for you and I to shake, rattle, and roll. Uh, uh, because what, what, what he really wants you and I to experience the power and the fire of God is so that you, you and I can lead other people to Jesus. That's what it's for. Glory to God. We often want, we, we want to come get the power and fire of God. We want to come and we want to experience Jesus. We want to be able to experience a there was Jesus moment, but we want it on our terms and we don't want to be able to do what God has calling you and I to do to have those there was Jesus moments. Uh-huh. Because when Jesus shows up in our lives, it will often end your nice plans. It will end your nice ideas. And he will always have his way. What God is really looking for you is, is for you and I to have a surrender. What you and I see in every example that I gave you, and there were many more I'd like to be able to give you, is what you will see every time that there, there is a there was Jesus moment is an act of surrender. When you see him show up in a supernatural, powerful way, there is an act of surrender from the, the very people that we're reading about, the very people that we were re, are, are referring to. If you can, jump over to Acts chapter 1 really quickly. Acts chapter 1 really quickly. There was Jesus. See, there's a lot of people who, uh, and I've heard people say, oh, wouldn't it have been great to be able to live and and, 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 and be able to walk the same earth when Jesus walked. Yeah, but we have it pretty good. See, we don't realize what we have access to. We read the history. We read all the profundity of, of what God has done and what Jesus did while he ministered on the earth and, and all of that. And yes, it would have been awesome. It would have been profound to be in the crowds that were following Jesus. But, but you and I have an awesome uh, opportunity that they never had. And it begins right here, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What am I trying to say? That you and I are, we see a generation that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. They need the power of the Holy Ghost in their lives. But how are they going to get it? Look what he says, but you will receive power 
after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. How, how in the world is the generation and the nation that we live in, all the craziness that you and I see here and going on around the world, I mean, it looks like everybody is losing their mind. It looks like things are falling apart very, very quickly. And yet we have a generation, we have a people that need the gospel of Jesus Christ preached. They need the power of the Holy Ghost in their lives. How's it gonna get them? How's it going to get to them? How will the message ever affect them? How will it ever impact our city? How, how, how are the deaf going to be able to hear and the lame walk and, and the blind see? How's that ever going to happen? Well, according to Acts, it's you. In order for the, the very people that we dwell among in our nation to have a there was Jesus moment, in order for even you and I in this place to continue to have some there was Jesus moments like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like the woman at the well who was nameless, but, but, but she was a woman at the well, like Bartimaeus, like the man who had the withered hand that Jesus touched. And, 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 and the Bible says that it was his right hand that was withered. Boy, I don't even have time to get into that. Your hand representing your authority, your, your, your right meaning your, 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 your power. And how oftentimes you and I are hindered by our, our power and our authority. The enemy comes to take our power and our authority. And yet we're never going to have these there was Jesus moments in our lives and in the lives of, uh, of those that we need to be able to reach. You know, there is a gospel that needs to be preached and it's required that you and I be able to share that so people can have some encounters like what we're referring to, like what we're reading today. Hallelujah. Because he said in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, hallelujah. It goes back to you and I trusting and relying on him above all else, like the Hebrew boys did. They were trusting and relying and leaning on him above all else. Amen. And the enemy is trying to get you and I distracted by everything else that's going on around us. He's trying to get us distracted by the things and the situations and not fo focusing on who God is. And so while, while you and I get lulled to sleep almost by circumstances and things, the enemy is really at work stealing a generation. He's at work stealing a generation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7. Good God Almighty. John chapter 16, verse 7. Let me just read it to you. I'm going to read it real quick to you out of the Amplified because I like the way it says. You're familiar with it. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor strengthener and your standby do you hear what i just said it, it, it the amplify just amplifies the word meaning he says for if i do not go away the helper who is your comforter your advocate your intercessor your counselor your strengthener and your standby will not come to you but if i go i will send him the holy spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you I see I said a moment ago some people say oh wouldn't it have been great to be able to walk the earth when Jesus did yeah but we have the Holy Ghost I said we have the Holy Ghost that we house the presence of God you hear me say that I bring him 
Amen. When I come to church, everywhere I go, I go. See, you and I have the Holy Ghost. We, we have his presence for this generation. Yes, it would have been good to be able to walk with Jesus, but we have the Holy Ghost. He is with us always. See, that's what Jesus meant. Lo, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I, 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 that, that You're never going to be alone. I'll always be with you. See, because Jesus shows up through you and I. That's what, the, the, the way that, that this generation, the way that the people around us, the way that you and I often has a there was Jesus moment is he shows up through people. Haven't you ever noticed that, 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 that God will speak through someone to speak to you? Or God will bring an encouraging word through someone to you? Jesus said, I need to go so that, so that another can come in you and move through you. He's saying, I'm trying to bring forth a there was Jesus moment for others. But how will the world hear if we don't go? How will the world ever have a, there was Jesus moment. You know there are people that are, that, are, that are in need of help like the woman at the well. And you and I aren't willing to wait at the doctor's office, let alone at, at let a well. We hate waiting. I do. I hate waiting because I feel like I'm wasting time. The last time I had to go and wait, I said, you know, you all need to pay me because my time is valuable. And she said, why, who are you? I said, it's not important who I am. I said, my, valuable, my time is valuable. I said, wait, two hours and 15 minutes. Instead of me paying you for this visit, you should be paying me. Right? We, don't, we, don't have, we, we don't like to wait, but sometimes we need to recognize those are divine appointments. What did you miss from God? God isn't a God that he wastes time. What was it in that moment that we were supposed to be doing? Ministering to. Maybe it was a woman at the well kind of moment. And I was too busy scrolling on my phone to notice the people sitting around me in need. Oh, maybe. See, there was Jesus. The purpose of the Holy Spirit was is to bring some there was Jesus moments to this world. I want you to understand that real quickly. The Holy Spirit is more than just power. You and I will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, but he is more than just power. He is intelligent. Boy, there's a lot of ways I could describe who the Holy Spirit is but I, I, I have to say this to you he is not just power yes when the Holy Spirit come upon you it is power shake rattle roll it'll feel like fire shut up in your bones it'll burn deep within you when, when the Holy Spirit shows up and you and I get filled with the Holy Spirit yeah sometimes people will shake rattle and roll and they'll speak in other tongues yes but even beyond that power the Holy Spirit is intelligent Notice I didn't say he's educated because there are educated people who are not intelligent. And there are intelligent people who are not educated. I said that the Holy Spirit is intelligent. He knows what I need. He, he has a knowledge far beyond my even own understanding. The reason why I say he's intelligent is because he releases information to you and I that we could have by other means never have had access to. That's why sometimes uh, in a service he'll tell me something about a person or when we're laying hands and praying for people he will reveal something to you and I about someone that we could have otherwise not known. Or he will uh, I was on the drive to Pittsburgh there a week ago and I happened to take another route and it just got in my car and I thought you know I'm tired of taking 51. I'm going to take 119 to 76, and it's a real good thing I did. Because the road I take, turning off at Round Hill Park and cutting in back the back way, getting into Pittsburgh back there, you probably know what I'm talking about. 
oh, it was a terrible accident. The road shut down. About the very time I'd have been going through, I said, thank you, Jesus. There was Jesus. It was, a, it was an intelligence that I would ordinarily not have access to. He said, don't, don't go that way. And he will say, uh, or, or other divine appointments. When, when he'll have you and I just walk by someone and instantly he reveals to you what, what's going on with them. And you just reach over and you say, Lord, I thank you that you're giving them the strength to get through the storm that they're facing right now. And they'll just melt like butter. Because it was a, a word of the Holy Ghost. Or sometimes we'll be in the midst of worship like this morning and we have our pre-planned set list that we were going to sing. And then the Holy Spirit will say, sing this. And it's when you listen to the Holy Spirit in those moments that the, the atmosphere will change. You and I need to, make, need to make notes of those moments and recognize that was his voice. See, most of the body of Christ, I believe, don't know how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Did anyone ever do a teaching series to you on how do you listen to the Holy Spirit? How do you know he's speaking? How do you even know it's him? Most people don't know. The best way I can tell you is to know if it's him is listen try and if it fails you'll know that, that, that wasn't it but when it works when he speaks to me and says sing this song when I get it right man you know I got it right something will happen last Sunday we got it right this Sunday I think we got it alright watch it and so you make note of that and you're like okay I remember I remember that voice I remember that unction and so when you hear it again you're like the best way I know is to let seasoned people who know how the Holy Spirit is and know how He speaks, go to them and say, hey, I heard this. Do you, do you think? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak a word in, in, in church and we don't say anything. And we're like, I'm not sure. Is that, is that the Holy Spirit? Sometimes the only way to know is you're just saved. If it's not, I'll tell you, sit down be quiet. That, that's not of God. <laughs> the only way we're going to know is to sometimes try. He's intelligent. He's intelligent. He's intelligent. Whew. See, if you and I don't have an understanding of the Holy Spirit, we'll end up disrespecting the Holy Spirit and we end up overriding Him with our own advice. Do you know how many times we see God and we say, God, I need a miracle. God, I need you to answer this. And then you don't take time to really wait and listen. I'm, see, I'm still talking about there was Jesus. Because this is how we have a Jesus moment. It's with the Holy Spirit. We'll have a catastrophe. We'll have a circumstance in our life and we need God to move. And we ask Him to move. And because He doesn't move in our time frame, then we, 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 we just go on our own advice. That's you and I. Not, you're, you're not respecting the intelligence of the Holy Spirit. Because He knows the things that you can't see. And so you go on and just make a decision all on your own based on what you know and God says yeah but you're not basing that decision on what you don't know you haven't wait to, you you haven't waited to hear my intelligence report there's a lot in the news about you know the, the intelligence information that the past president took and had laid out and wasn't secure right all those secrets yeah but that, that's sort of like how God has God said, I've got all kinds of intelligence and secrets that you just don't even know yet and you and I disrespect the Holy Spirit 
when you and I move and make a decision. Man, I, I watch people move. There are sometimes people come to me and say, Pastor, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to go there, or I'm going to, I'm leaving. And, and, and I, 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 I made my mind up a long time. But when people do that, I don't even try to make them to stay. Their heart's already going. Because if you thought you heard from God, then we're going to see great and mighty things. But if it wasn't, all you're doing is taking a step backwards. See, I've learned to trust his voice above us beyond a checking account balance, beyond what you see with your natural eye. What is the Holy Spirit saying? Because he's intelligent. The Bible says the Holy Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Because he knows the end from the beginning. In other words, God's saying, wait on me because I know the end from the beginning. Stop trying to make your decisions based on what you know. Start basing your decisions based on what I know because I know, I, I, the Holy Ghost, I know the end from the beginning. Oh, hallelujah. I know the end from the beginning. One of the greatest... I'm going to have to close. I can't even get to the completion of this. But one of the, I want to share this with you as we get ready to. Because I want you to hear his voice today. I, I believe the reason I'm giving this word is because some of you need to hear his voice. One of, the, one of the greatest enemies to hearing the Holy Spirit and what he is speaking to you and I is busyness. It's busyness. Because when, when your life is filled with busyness, clutter, Mm-hmm. and stress it's hard to hear his voice in the storm have you ever noticed that if you're sitting in a, a room of clutter it's unnerving I cannot relax if I got a sink full of dishes stuff covering my table some of y'all might call that OCD no it's, it's not order and so I can't rest it causes stress and clutter in my life. One of the greatest enemies to you and I hearing the Holy Spirit is busyness, clutter, chaos, stress in the midst of a storm. You and I need to have a calm place. Even the Word of God says, be still and know that I'm God. Be in a calm place. Don't be busy and know that I am God. There are times where you and I just need to learn to be quiet. Oh yeah, I, I know that's not some of our, not some of our strength, Lois. Sometimes we, we, we're not good at being quiet. But watch this, even the Word says you need to learn to be quiet. He's, the Word says, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Oh Lord. Look at what I just read. The Bible says, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In other words, what's it mean? Steady to be quiet. Some people say, boy, Pastor, you're awfully quiet. Sometimes. It's intentional. Because there's so much chaos and clutter around, the last thing I need to do is add to the chaos. So you're just quiet and you just listen. And so the enemy will bring confusion and 
cause there to be all that chaos and all that disorder in your lives. And sometimes you and I are busy trying to hear from God, but our lives are busy and they're chaotic and they're cluttered. And you and I need to have a calm place to hear from God. And what the enemy does is the enemy brings confusion in our lives so that we'll be in turmoil and that turmoil will keep you and I from hearing God. Haven't you ever noticed that how all these things sort of erupt in your life and you are not at turmoil, you have no peace? The reason is, is the enemy is trying to keep you from hearing from God. He knows that if you, uh, you have a there was Jesus moment. That's what I'm talking about. These moments where he comes to speak to you. Jesus showed up at the well and waited on the woman so she could have a there was Jesus moment. Do you know there are sometimes when that same spirit that I read in Genesis 1 that was hovering and he's hovering in your home and in your mess and he's just waiting to be able to speak. If some of you would clear out the clutter in your life, he could move. If some of you would clear out some of the other voices and stop seeking the opinions of other men and what they think you need to do and say, God, what should I do? Seriously, God, God, what do I do? I, I, I don't know. And if you'll just wait on him. He is the central intelligent agent that you need. The greatest intelligent agency you need because he knows the things that you don't know. He knows money that's coming your way that you don't know about. He knows the people that are about to enter your life that you don't know about. He knows about favor that's about to knock on your door on Tuesday. And if you make a decision today, you're going to make a decision before you get that favor and you're going to miss his blessing. And so if I make that decision before favor can come knock on my door on Tuesday, then God says, well, you, you decided that your advice was more powerful than mine. So forget the blessing. My point is that you and I need to have a there was Jesus moment. He is speaking and ministering and moving all the time. Just like he did to the woman at the well, like he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like he did with the, with the man with the withered hand. There are things that he wants to restore, but are you listening? Are you listening? And have you cleared the clutter so he can move? Can you clear the, the chaos and the mess and the, the busyness? If you're going to dare make your life so busy that you can barely hear the voice of God, then you and I need to at least just stop everything and wait on him to speak. And remember that last scripture I gave you. Think about this week. Say, Lord, I'm just going to steady myself to be quiet. Hmm. Oh, God. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Why? Because I'm waiting on my intelligent download from the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. I'm going to wait on Him to speak. In a moment like this is when He'll speak to you. In quiet moments like this, He will speak to you and tell you exactly what you need. In quietness and confidence shall be my strength. Oh God, I'm going to study to be quiet. I'm going to study so I can have a there was Jesus moment where where you can show up in my life and I can see you do extraordinary things and great things in my life. I can have a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego where others are going to see someone else in the midst with me, but it it really was only me, but they're going to see you. I'm going to have a there was Jesus moment where you were going to show up with Holy Spirit and fire on me, but it's going to allow me then to provide a there was Jesus moment to somebody else because you'll speak to me the words of life to be able to speak to somebody else.
because we serve a God that he's trying to get his word to other people but he needs you he needs you and the only way he's going to be able to use you is if you clear the clutter and the noise and the busyness and turn off the news and whatever else is a distraction and keeping you busy and just say God I'm waiting on you I'm ready for my daily intelligence briefing president gets one why aren't you you know you have access to more information and secrets and intelligence than he does because the Holy Ghost is more powerful than our CIA our FBI are you hearing what I'm saying you and I we have access to weapons of mass destruction that are greater than our nuclear weapons because we serve a God who is spirit and we worship him in the spirit and truth and he is trying to download some things to you in the spirit Instead of losing your mind about what we see happening in the world, why are Christians panicking about a nuclear war? Do you not know the word? Why are we panicking about another surge of COVID? Why are we panicking about monkeypox? Or why are we panicking about food shortages and that? Do we not know the word? Do you not know who he is? Mm. Do you not? I have my CAI download. Therefore, I will trust in him. I've cleared the clutter to hear his voice. Some of you need to clear the clutter so you can have a there was Jesus moment because there's still power in his blood. There's still power in his name. And he wants you and I to be able to use his name and preach his name and tell others about his name. But in order for you to hear what he needs you to say, you got to clear the clutter. Oh, hallelujah. I, I got to stop there because I can keep you all day and the Steelers are going to play and some of you get mad and some of you need to eat lunch and whatever. And I don't want to keep you all day, but I'm telling you, there's power in his name. Clear the clutter and steady yourself to be quiet. Someone's going to use that on somebody this week. Why don't you just steady yourself to be quiet? Get back in your office. Hallelujah. David might have to tell Lois, Lois, go steady yourself to be quiet. Hallelujah. Steady yourself to be quiet. Because you'll find strength in that. You'll find strength in that. Notice you won't find strength in bickering, but you'll find strength in studying to be quiet. Learning to. Learning to be quiet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet today as we close. I want this to just be a holy moment. Where you and I just take a moment to listen to what he has to say to you. Maybe you've been praying about something. Maybe you've been in a place of decision. Maybe you just don't know. Just take a moment. What does he have to say to you? Let this be the beginning of you clearing the clutter, the chaos, organizing whatever needs to be organized so that you and I can hear his voice and steady ourselves to be quiet. So I can hear his voice. I can know what he wants me to do. So you're walking through Walmart and he says, I want you to pray for that woman. That you'll reach out and just pray for her. You won't miss those opportunities. Where, 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 where if he's given you an instruction on how to deal with a situation, you don't miss that moment. That, you're so, that the enemy doesn't have you so confused and so chaotic that you don't hear his voice. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus today that you would begin now helping us to clear the clutter. Father, you gave a word that today there was Jesus. There not, not just was Jesus, but there is Jesus right now. There is a word 
that you want us to speak. We, th- th- there is Jesus, and we need to be able to speak your name and your word to other people. There are moments and circumstances that you, Holy Spirit, are hovering over wanting to be dispatched, but you're waiting on us to give the command. And in order for us to give the command, we have to hear your voice. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every, every other voice in our life that, is, that has been bringing conflict and confusion, Lord, that you would silence that. In the name of Jesus, quiet every naysayer, quiet every person that's even being used of the enemy to bring distraction and to be a detractor in our life in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let this begin to be the day, Lord, when you will clear the clutter and you will allow ourselves to be strengthened in our silence. That Lord, we don't have to respond to everything or speak to everything, but Lord, we can have a there was Jesus moment that God, you'll just begin to show up in our lives and do extraordinary things that we won't just read about big things happening with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We won't just read about it like the woman at the well or the man with the withered hand or blind Bartimaeus, but God will start seeing you showing up in our lives in these big ways because there is still power in your name. The name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus still possesses power and it is still at work in our lives and in the lives of other people. And so, Father, I pray that you will help us to be able to see you working in big ways. That, Lord, we'll be able to see withered hands restored. That, God, we'll be able to see you allowing you to minister through us to people sitting at a well. And, God, you'll allow us to be able to minister to people who, who are in need, who need a healing, to a blind man that needs to see or to a lame man that needs to walk because God, we're listening. We're, 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 we're tuning our ears and we're clearing the clutter. We're, 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 we're distancing ourselves from every other voice or distraction or hindrance now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that every way in which the enemy has brought confusion into these people's lives, I rebuke confusion in the name of Jesus. It's been nothing but a, 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 a way in which to distract and keep us from hearing your voice. But Father, in this moment, I pray, in this anointed Holy Ghost-filled moment, I pray that you will right now drive out the clutter, the noise, and the busyness. And that God, right now, we're going to be strengthened in our silence. Strengthened, that strength would just build in us, God. Strength would build in us. And that, Lord, in this moment, you'll begin some there was Jesus moments. That when we go and you start using us to pray for people, you start using us to minister to people, people say, well, what is that? You can say that there was Jesus. There was Jesus. That, uh, that, that wasn't me. That, that was Jesus. He's only using me. But that, that, that right there that you feel, that's Jesus. That healing that you receive, that's Jesus. So Father, I bless you today. Father, speak to these people right now in this moment. Everyone who's been seeking you for an answer. Everyone that's been looking to you for answers and speak to them. Give them clarity. Give them their intelligence briefing. Access to information they otherwise would not have known. I pray in the name of Jesus. We're going to be strengthened this week in our silence. In the name of Jesus. 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 Now, Father, bless. Minister, move.
God, for all of our congregation that sick and facing circumstances. And God, we pray blessings and healing upon them and strength in the name of Jesus. God, as we go about our week and we leave this place today and we give offering, God, will you bless it, multiply it, bring increase, increase in the name of Jesus. Increase it. God, even as we give, I pray that you will give people wisdom and insight in, in their finances. Speak to them, God, things you've been trying to speak that we haven't been able to hear. Give them an intelligence briefing, God, for their finances, God, to help them to bring change, to bring prosperity into their life in the name of Jesus. Bless, multiply, and increase into their life in the name of Jesus. And we'll give you glory, honor, and praise in your name right now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you.